real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine, now throw your hands up in the sky. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up, everybody? Man, it has been so long, so long. It feels like it's been forever. Woo! Shout out to everybody out there, man. I am back. I know some people out there are like, oh, my God, this guy is back on the air. I can't believe it. I thought he was gone. Nah, we're not gone, man. We're not gone. We're just geared up. We're fresh. We are revived. We feel good. You know, we're ready for another season, man. We're ready for another year. And, uh, you know, here we are, man. Uh, welcome, everybody, who are brand new to the KIRP Radio Show. January 20th, 2013, baby. We are doing what we do. Eight million plus, plus, plus stronger. Uh, y'all, y'all should see me. I just made a muscle here. 
8 million stronger. And, uh, you know, we're back with the vengeance, man. There's a few things that we, you know, we added to the show. Uh, the website is looking pretty good right now. You know, the website is new. Also working on a, um, we're having a website, WWM3M3G. And, uh, you know, so we got a few things going on out there, man. So shout out to everybody out there who are brand new. All my newcomers out there, I get a lot of email from people. So all my newcomers out there from KRP Radio Land, all my newcomers out there on Twitter, the Facebooks, the blogs, you know, I guess we got about 20 of them. So, you know, shout out to all you guys out there, man. And the iTunes is crazy. The iTunes ratings are looking absolutely wonderful. So I definitely want to take my time and give a shout out to all the people who don't listen to the show live, but the people who come back and listen to the archives. So shout out to all you guys who listen to the archives because you guys are the ones that keep us afloat in conjunction with everybody else, man. And I really appreciate what you guys bring to the table Definitely got to give a shout-out to you guys and show you guys some love because you are B-I-G in my book. Man, it feels so good to finally get my phrase out. It feels like I just took a, I don't know, like I just took a, a, a big boat off my shoulders, man. It feels good to be back on the air, um, live may have you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just great, man. I, I definitely enjoy doing this show. Uh, we put a radio show, man, a lot of work. Um, a lot of folks have contributed to the things that we're doing. A lot of people are, you know, contributing time, money, and, and it's paying off, you know. So, you know, shout out to all my people out there who's showing a lot of love and, and you know, bringing a lot to the table because I, I couldn't do it. There's no way in hell I could do this by myself. I, I try to, you know, I, I really try to. And a lot of times, you know, I don't reach out to people when I need assistance. But you know what? It is what it is, man. And if, if there's one thing I got to say um, about business owners, which is, you know, which are the backbone of this country, you know, um, you know, legislatively, there's a lot of things that's going on out there in America. A lot of people talking. I mean, we got, you know, we got gun rights and that's just, man, that's just a mess. So, and and while I'm on the topic, you know, I I, got to say, um, first of all, let me give some love to the people out there in Sandy Hook, man, because I don't know, what I would do without my children. Like, I I don't know how I would react. I don't know how I would respond. Um, I don't know how I would live on, frankly. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big constitutionalist. Like I, I love the constitution. I, I'm always talking about the constitution. I'm always referring to the constitution and the bill of rights. And that's just who I am. And, and I really feel like that was a document that, all the correct intentions that was guided by the divine spirit, that was guided by God, you know, no matter what these men stood for, no matter what our forefathers stood for, I personally believe that they were doing the will of God when they wrote the Constitution, personally. that That's just what I believe. Like, you know, have you ever met somebody that you knew was a negative person, but they did positive things at the right time like that that's what you got to understand like you know the constitution is that document no matter what people want to believe about certain individuals no matter what they believe about uh, uh 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 certain organizations you know that document that one document stands through the test of times and and it's a beautiful document. You know, I know we've had amendments to the Bill of Rights and, and all this stuff that's going on out here. I understand different laws. I understand that it's a different day. But I'm just saying 
that that document is, is, is a beautiful document. The divine spirit of God help guide that document. And that's just me, man. That's who I am. So, you know, when I talk about gun rights, I'm talking from a perspective of constitution. I'm talking from a perspective of law. I'm talking from a perspective of of, of freedom. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's funny because people will take and twist what you say and try to apply it to the strategy, the, the tragedy in, in Sandy Hook, you know, and, and I, listen, I know it's a tragedy. I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I, I mean, I get it. I understand that it's a tragedy. There's nothing I can do about that at this point. But I personally don't attack those people. I don't attack those families. I don't attack the incident. You know, I, I understand how touchy it is. I understand how sensitive it is. I do not understand what those parents are going through because I have not lost my children. But I will say this, folks. I will say this. I'm all for gun rights. Okay? I'm 100% in. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We can debate what, what this gun is and what that gun is all you want, but I'm 100% pro-gun. But I'm also... 100% responsibility. And I think anybody that's been hearing me speak in different places and, you know, hearing my radio show and, and you know, seeing me on television or, or wherever you might have seen me, you know, I think people understand that I'm 100% responsibility. I mean, that's what I talk about in the, in, in the respective community is just responsibility. You know, no matter who you are, what you are, what race you are, what you stand for, what you believe, it's all about responsibility. So, you know, I think that the two should apply together. I think that the two should, should uh, I think the two should coexist. You know, we can be gun owners and we can have our gun rights and we also can be responsible. And, you know, a lot of the times, you know, people, when, they, when they're not talking about the two together, you know, people are saying that I don't want you to take my guns on this side, and people on that side saying you don't need your guns. And you know, the, the debate gets lost when you start throwing in uh, uh, what's an assault rifle. And by the way, which I I don't know what an assault rifle is. I know what a military issue weapon is, but I, I don't even know what an assault rifle is. And and you know, that's how the debates get going haywire. That's how the debates go crazy, and and this, that, and the other. So, you know, I, I just want to say that. No matter what you heard me say, or no matter what you've seen me write, or, or seen me say, or, or, or whatever about gun rights, and there's no way possible in me, in my body, in my heart, that I am making a mockery out of what happened in Sandy Hook. There's no way possible. Don't let anybody tell you that. You know, if, if somebody says something like that, man, they're talking crazy. You can tell them in their face, you're talking crazy. Because I know peace stand for more than that, and and I've actually told people, you know, when they try to make a point of of saying that, you know, because you're laughing or joking about gun rights, that you're laughing and joking about Sandy Hook. That's not the case, you know. That is not the case whatsoever. So, you know, I just wanted to get that off my chest, man, because I, you know, I see a lot of comments out here, and or I hear a lot of comments, and I see a lot of writings and. You know a lot of different things where people are saying that you know gun gun uh, gun activists or pro gun activists or you know are, are are making a mockery of Sandy Hook and you know they don't have any they're too passionate about their guns and you know they don't have the ability to discern and you know it's so many different things going on out here and so many different attacks but I'm just here I think that you know you can be a, a, a pro gun person 
without disrespecting Sandy Hook. I mean, I mean, you know, besides that, it's not only Sandy Hook that's been affected. Now, granted, I know this was the latest tragedy. I, I know this was the latest event. Um, but, you know, it's not only that place that has suffered. You know, a, a lot of people, and even myself, you know, before this incident ever happened, you know, I've been referring to Chicago, Illinois, you know, the home of our president, or, you know, the, the you know, the home, the place that he calls home, that it, that he was repping at one point, but, um, you know, before he was flying back and forth to Hawaii all the time. But, um, you know, I, I was pointing out that, you know, look at these places that have these extensive gun laws and, and you know, the the New Yorks and, and you know, it's it's just crazy. I mean, you, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm 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 trying not to press the issue because this is not a, a, a gun rights show. You know, later for that, we're gonna come back with that. And um, I, I just want you know what I'll dead it right here. I just want to let everybody out there know. I mean, I mean, I've got so much to say on that topic. You know, folks, maybe we'll have to change the setup a little bit and and work that gun rights show in and and you know talk about that you know beforehand, but. Because it's so fresh right now, and there's so much I have to say about it. But you know, I'll end it here. You know, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter what I write, I just want folks to know all eight million plus 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 listeners out there. I want you guys to know that when I refer and when I talk about gun rights and the law, or or when I'm making a joke about gun rights or or the legislative side of things or a bill. I'm in no way, in shape or form, talking about the deaths that happened in Sandy Hook or any other place in this world whatsoever. I just, I don't do that. I don't, I don't try not to disrespect people. And, uh, you know, you get in an argument, you get heated. That's one thing. But, I mean, you know, just, just for the hell of it, I'm just not that type of person, man. So, anyway, moving along. Shout out to everybody out there who is brand new listening to the KRP radio show, man. We are 8 million strong. We do a B.I.G. If you guys will hang on with me in just one second, we're going to start our first segment up of uh, stretching your budget with stretching your budget. Excuse me, with none other than the amazing Charlotte Holder. She's going to come on and she's going to tell you guys about saving a little money, man. You know, we might chop it up about some money topics, this, that and the third. That's kind of what we do. That's my girl, you know what I'm saying? We kick it like that. But anyway, shout out to everybody out there for listening to the KRP Radio Show, man. Eight million strong, man. If you guys are on Facebook, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash KRP Radio Show. We are also on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, folks, at symbol KRP Radio Show, at symbol NC Pudgy. We're all over the place, man. Tumblr, Twitter, uh, uh, you, you name it, we're out there, man. Gmail, hit us up if you got a comment. Or if you want to know about advertisement or anything around that scope of services that we can help you guys with, make sure you hit us up, Radio at gmail.com. We're going to let Biz take y'all into a commercial. We'll be right back with Charlotte Holder from StretchingYourBudget.com. <laughs> Yes, y'all are chillin' like me. You could either dance or just have a seat and listen to the way in what I am displaying. A different kind of rapper language that I am saying to all the party people matter. You don't call yourself a superstar. 
That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D. Rose. It's only the beginning. I'm all in. All eyes right here. This is our year. I thought it was last year. Turns out I was wrong. None of us would walk in here and settle. That's how we are. I forgot what I was going to say. Patrick, I want 100% commitment. Because I care, man, okay? Who are we? We're the... What the heck is going on in here? Sorry, Coach, I just got a little carried away. All right. Then we're good. For a chance to be in the locker room on game day and more, join these NFL fan offers and make your season epic. When we bring on that special person by the name of Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. And, uh, you know, Charlotte, she always drops some gems on us, man. She always has some good information for us. But it's been so long since I've talked to her. Lord have mercy. Charlotte, what's up, baby? Hey, how's it going? It's uh, it's going good, man. I'm excited. I'm talking real loud, they tell me. I'm looking at the meters on here and they're off the charts. But, you know, it's going good. It's a beautiful night. Good. I know the weather's even nice, so. So, um. change. Really? Yeah, the snow. Oh, I forgot. So we had last week. Nice oh, this man. week. Oh, <laughs> man. I forgot. You know what? I, I forgot you want you wanted snow, and you wanted a lot of snow. <laughs> <sighs> yes, I did. Did you make a snowman? No, there wasn't enough snow. <laughs> <laughs> My kids made a snowball. <laughs> they didn't make a snowman. Yeah, they made we a got snowball. a few snowballs. <laughs> yeah, we made a they, well. They made a snowball. I actually had to work, but they they made a snowball and uh, stayed on the porch for a couple of days. You know, on the on the back deck for a couple of days, and you know, then it just faded away. Goodbye, Mr. Snowman. <laughs> Kid Frosty. <laughs> So, listen, it's 2000, it's a brand new year, and we made it through all the holidays, the Thanksgiving, where we spent a lot of money. A little money, thanks to you, but, you know, we always overspend. Better. Christmas, yeah, you know, Christmas, we saved some, too, thanks to you again, and vacations, thanks to you. So, you know, it's a brand new year, man, it's 2013, and uh, we're energized, we're ready to go, I hope you are, and 
you know, I, I I wish you had a tally of how much money you saved for the year. See how it's it out. I was wondering if I you had. Yeah, see, I I not want to put you on the spot or nothing, but you know, I had to I had to just like throw it out there all subtle. So so you. Well, can... every year I say I'm going to, and then I end up losing receipts and stuff. <laughs> they get oh, of So my tally is never accurate. <laughs> That's all right. How, how much money do you think you saved though? Since you... um, like with grocery shopping, I would say at least save thirty five hundred dollars a year. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, because I've kind of added it up, you know, over time. Yeah. You know, like I say, it's never right, but it's it's at least thirty five hundred. Wow! Shout out to you for that. I know Ben thinks you are big in your family's book. Thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> a year. That is nice numbers. I love it. I know, but it's funny though when you do it. It's kind of like almost annoying because I'm so frugal with everything that I like don't well, you know what? That's the point in saving. I mean, you, you got to save to, you know, create a better way for yourself to pay off some bills. But you also want to save so you can enjoy some of the cash flow, baby. So, you know, that's that's part of it. You save to spend, I, I guess, in a sense. Yes. So, yeah, I know that's hard for you. You ain't trying to hear that. But, yeah, Charlotte, let go a little bit of that cash. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we're we'll, moving along. I'm not going to take up all your time, man. What, what do you have for the folks out here tonight, man? We're over 8 million strong. We you, we gained almost 100,000 listeners while we were on break. That was crazy. Wow. Amazing. That was amazing. I mean, we did we do some reruns and some nice. replays. And I, I think part of it was that a lot of people um, did not get to hear some of the earlier episodes and, and, you know, some of the earlier shows were some of the best shows. Um, you know, the format wasn't that nice, you know, it was kind of rough around the edges, but if you could get through that, you know, there was some good information there. There was some good guests there. So, you know, some of those people were going to try to have back on and, you know, all of your information was always on point. So I, I think a lot of people enjoyed that, you know? Okay. Well, I mean, since you have so many new followers, I'm actually bringing something back that I did the first of the year last year. Great. So it's a repeat for some people, but I'm sure many people haven't heard it. <laughs> well, I'm out of the way. The producer's going to take me out of the queue, and the show is yours. Thank you, sir. Okay, so um, with it being the new year, there's always um, – things that we're looking for to save money. So one of the things that um, I just wanted to bring up, and it's an article that's been really hot on my website lately, is um, tips to save money around the house. And um, with it being the new year, there's always so many things that people do as far as setting resolution goals, setting goals for um things that they're going to do or change. So one of the things that I wanted to implement in our home and hopefully in your home are ways to save money around the house. So um, I, you can um, – I'll try to post the link um, on the KRP Radio Show Facebook page for those of you that want to see because um, I won't be able to go over everything. But, um, you know, there's a few highlights that, that I'm just going to talk to you about really quick. So – the first one is to make um, sticky notes and just place them at key areas around your house. So if you have people in your family that forget to 
turn the light switch off. Maybe you put a little sticky note beside the light switch saying, reminder, turn the light off. Um, or maybe um, by the thermostat, put a little sticky note and put turn the air up so you kind of remind yourself as you're walking out the door every day because there's no need to keep the air running while you're gone. So um, I just find that sticky notes are really helpful and they're just easy, fun ways to get the whole family involved, whether it's kids, spouses, um, whatever it may be, Just it's just an easy thing and you don't have to worry about the sticky pulling off any kind of paint or anything like that. So um, sticky notes work good for our home and um, I really think that they would for others as well. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is to remember to change your filters. We are the worst at this. Um, but the kind of rule of thumb is to actually change your air filters or furnace filters if you have them around every three months. Um, and I know some of you are probably like, ooh, I go like a year or more. Um, so, yeah, we're guilty about that too. But by changing the filters and keeping them clean, doing regular maintenance, it's going to um, kind of keep your your um, you know heating or furnace unit from having to overwork, from being clogged up or that type of thing. So just trying to remember to change out your filters um, seems like a super simple task that so many people have to you know, tend to forget. So um, just kind of a reminder on that one. Um, the next tip that I have really quick is to do like a treasure hunt. If you um, have kids, grandkids even, um, try to do a, a, a treasure hunt around your house every three months, whether it be to check your couch for loose change and start a money jar um, or have a yard sale or um you know, just going to go through and purge things that you're not using. If you haven't used it in the last six months, that's the rule of thumb, uh, at least in our household. If you haven't used it, toss it or give it away or sell it, whatever it may be. So um, the next thing is to um, remember to reuse containers. There's so many containers nowadays that come just like at the grocery store that you can reuse. So some of the ones that we like to reuse are the deli meat containers. They're like the exact same Rubbermaid storage containers you buy in the store. But, um, you know, you're already buying the meat, so just kind of wash it when you're done and reuse it. Um, we use baby wipe containers. We reuse those for so many things. I actually have a post that I've written on ideas on what you can use your baby wipe containers for, so I will get that link out there. Um, so there's just so many different containers. My list is a little bit more extensive, but I don't want to kind of bore you guys, and I know I'm trying to talk fast. but <laughs> um, And then another quick thing is to swap out your light bulbs um, in your house, even if you don't do them all because that can be somewhat expensive, but do the ones that you use the most. So like if your living room light you keep on, you know, pretty much 24-7, or your bathroom lights or that kind of thing, swap those out for high-efficient bulbs. Um, to save on your electric bill. So just making little changes throughout your home can make a huge difference um, with your money and your expenses every month and even every year. So some of these things sound very, very small, but when you add it up over the course of a year, you end up saving several hundred dollars. So it makes just a big difference doing your small part, you know, throughout the week and, and months. So. That's pretty much all I have. Um, and like I say, I will get that link and post it for you guys if you want to read 
um, in more detail. That will be on the Facebook page. Or you can email me at stretchingyourbudget um, at gmail.com. If you have any more questions or any more money-saving tips that you would like to share, we can share that on our website as well. So. Hey, yeah. hey, Charlotte, is there is there any place, um, you know, particular where we should buy this stuff from? Because, you know, I'm, I'm on that, well, I'm a little bit off that schedule, but I'm somewhat on that schedule, and um, I'm out of air cleaners. <laughs> For what, air filters? Yeah, yeah, the air filters, or, or any of those products, you know, because it, it's, you know, it's so competitive out here today. You could you could go to some of the big box, big box retailers out there, but uh, I didn't know if it was just easier to order them online or, you know, just drop in one of the big box retailers out there, whose name I didn't mention. Yeah, well, I find I do a lot of stuff on Amazon because you can buy in bulk and save even more than you could even at the big box stores. Amazon prices are tend to be a lot less. So I always check Amazon first. Another thing to do is to go to, like, Lowe's or Home Depot where they have the contractor packs. Mm-hmm. So you might end up be spending a little bit more out of pocket up front, but down the road by buying in bulk and that, that contractor price, you end up saving money instead of just going out and buying each filter every time you need it. So, like, I was in Lowe's this weekend looking at stuff, and so it just seemed I did some price comparison, and the contractor packs are definitely a better bang for your buck. So if you don't want to order online, if you need something right away, that's another good idea um, as Price, far as yeah. buying your filters and stuff. That's for sure. About you know that that's kind of what you know what I normally do or what we normally do at the house. You know, just go out and go to one of the stores out there if we happen to remember, and you know, just pick up some overspending. But, you know, I asked the master guru herself, and she said get the contractor packs. So you guys don't forget about that, man. Cop your contractor packs from one of the big box retailers out there and save yourself a couple, couple, maybe a couple cents on the dollar. Who knows, you know? Charlotte. Okay. You know what I'm going to ask. No. I, mean, you, I thought I mean, after the new year I want to get off the hook. No, 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 no. You, you know. Okay. Okay. I, I'll give you – no, I'm not going to give you the pass. Do you have any shout-outs, Charlotte? There's always somebody you can shout-out, man. You know we do shout-outs on the show. Come on. Come on. Let's see. I will give the shout-out to all the back-behind-the-scenes folks over at the KRP radio show that never get yeah. any credit. So Pudgy's wife and all the, the other team members that help out to make the show possible. So shout-out to those guys. See that that's big right there. You put me on the spot, and uh, it's just too many people to to name because I'm gonna forget somebody, and and then they're gonna make me look bad on the air by pushing some kind of button or something. So I'm just not gonna do that this evening. I'm just gonna give a shout out like you did to the whole crew. Shout out to you, Charlotte, and, and your family. Shout out to you guys. I really appreciate what you guys do. And um, shout out to stretchingyourbudget.com. Definitely shout out to stretchingyourbudget.com. Thank you. You know it. Charlotte, next week, man, same time. Let's do it again. All right. Sounds good. Have a good week. All right. Have a good night. That was Charlotte, CEO from StretchingYourBudget.com, holding it down, always doing it, B-I-G, always showing a lot of love, always dropping some knowledge on us and teaching us how to save a couple more dollars, teaching us how to live a little bit more frugal. Can't be mad at that, right? Shout out to everybody out there in KRP Radio Show Land, man. You guys are the ones that make us number one in the southeastern United States. Eight million plus listeners out there. We are definitely doing it big. 
check us out on Twitter at symbol KIRP Radio Show, or you can check me out on Twitter. Me, that's me, like M E me, and don't be surprised what me might say, because me say some stuff. At symbol NC Pudgy. Hey, man, I love my constitution. Also, shout out to everybody out there. I mean, everybody. When I say everybody, I mean everybody out there. The Adidas, you guys are definitely B.I.G. in my book. Couldn't do this without you guys. Don't forget the new D-Rose 3s are out there right now, man. Go cop those in the store or go to Adidas.com and cop your D-Rose 3s. They are hot. I'm talking about these are the lightest sneakers that you can wear, man. The, the lightest sneakers that you could possibly wear. If you're playing sports, basketball, running, even football, go get you some if you're wrestling. I, you can you can look, you know, Adidas, you'll be in style, man. That's, that's what it is. Also, got to give a shout-out to my girl out there, Tiffany Inc. If you guys need, let me tell you, can I, can you get, cut the music for a second, please? Oh, can't? All right. Anyway, shout-out to Tiffany Inc. Website extraordinaire. I mean, she does ads, she does uh, Pinterest, you name it, this is one of the most professional sites that I've seen out there. One of the most professional people that I met out there. Very quick and precise. Doing a website for us with my nonprofit, which I also want to give a shout out to. Uh, I love being a black father and the Loving Father Society. Shout out to my partner, Rashad Woods, and that. But TiffanyInc.com with the I T I F F A N I I N K.com. Tiffany Inc. is B.I.G., man. She's doing big things over there, and I can't wait to show you guys what she's doing for us with the Loving Father Society, man. It's crazy. The website is absolutely crazy. Shout out to all the motivators out there, man, and also shout out to all the procrastinators out there. You're rocking with the number one black conservative radio show, Southeastern United States. And just in a few minutes, when we come back, we're going to bring on author Brian Winfield. This guy's awesome. South of Big. South of Bixby Bridge. I wasn't even going to tell y'all. South of Bixby Bridge. Look it up. South of Bixby Bridge. Look it up, man. And also look up his trilogy. I'll tell you about it when I come back. You rocking with the KRP Radio Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Deshiree is an online indie department store. Born with the ideology community and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independence means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop indie. www. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life ever. Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. 
I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes to play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm addressing number one. Maybe. Become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. myth. There's a stripper myth that's being perpetuated throughout society. The stripper myth is, I'm stripping to pay my tuition. <laughs> no, you're not. There's no strippers in college. There's no clear heels in biology. Jeez, man. I didn't know they had a college that only took one dollar bill. And if they got so many strippers in college, how come I never got a smart lap dance? I never got a girl that sat on my lap and said, if I was you, I would diversify my portfolio. <laughs> you know, ever since the end of the Cold War, I find NATO obsolete. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the KIRP radio show. That's small comedy moment was other than Chris Rock talking about scrippers, as they say. Scrippers. I don't say strippers. I say scrippers. <laughs> anyway, shout out to everybody out there in Atlanta, man. I see you showing us some love, but I, uh, I, I'm i sorry. I, I got to show more love to my San Francisco 49ers. Where are all my San Fran fans out there? Can we get a round of applause for San Fran today, baby? Yeah, shout out to San Francisco 49ers, man, for pulling out that big W. We're going to the Super Bowl, baby. I mean, I, I think everybody, everybody out there knows that I'm a Carolina Panther fan. But, you know, I've been a 49ers since the 80s, man. That's the only football team that I've liked. And, you know, I'm from North Carolina. So, you know, when uh, when, when the Panthers got a team, of course, I naturally adopted that team because I'm, I'm a homeboy, man. That, that's what I do. I like to support the home front. I like to support the home team. So, you know, I'm a Panther you know, but I'm a 49 at heart, and it's nothing wrong with liking both of them. I'm, I'm not wishy-washy in, in, you know, in my, my fanhood. But anyway, shout-out to San Francisco 49ers, man, going to the Super Bowl. I'm not even sure what the score is going on right now, but there is a game on now that I know a lot of my listeners are listening to and watching right now, and that, that is the Baltimore Ravens versus Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And, you know, most people probably think that I'm a, since I'm a Patriot – I'm a conservative patriot, you know, 
rah, 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 Bible thumping, constitutional flipping, you know, all that gun toting. That's me. I love that. But, you know, I'm not going for the Patriots this time. Definitely going out for my uh, Baltimore Ravens. I love Ray Lewis, man. This is a very inspirational guy. Plays with the passion that I once played with, that I that I like to play with, that I try to teach my kids to play with uh, when I coach football. And being a mentor, I also, you know, think it's very important for uh, children and adults to have passion about things that they love to do or things that they love in general and their loved ones. You know, and, and, you know, probably it's amazing. I didn't want to turn this into a gun show debate and, you know, to start talking about guns because, you know, we have one of the best authors in the world that is coming on the show here in a few minutes. Can I get not? We'll save a round of applause for that. But none other than Ryan Winfield is coming on the show here in a few minutes. And, uh, you know, he's going to we're going to talk about some things and we're going to get into his books and into his novel. We're going to also get into his trilogy and uh, you're going to get to hear it from the horse's mouth. And uh, that's something that we're going to do more so on the KRP radio show this year. We're going to try to have more guests and uh, do something about empowering people and try to help people in their economic um, standstill. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of authors out there that are that are not like Ryan. You know, Ryan is a best-selling author, but there are a lot of other authors out there that wrote books that, um, you know, frankly just aren't doing too well, and they're great books. So they may need the promotion that we have and they may need the context that we have. And uh, not only that, you know, there are a lot of businesses out there right now, a lot of business services that are out there that aren't getting their just due or, you know, they're not getting shown a lot of love from people in the community because, you know, frankly, the community is broke as well. So that's something that I'm looking at doing this year. Um, that's something that I'm already doing this year in North Carolina here with, you know, my, my, my brother, Kevin Daniels, um, you know, who works up there in the governor's office and uh, also the lieutenant governor. Shout out to Dan Forrest. You guys know that's somebody we, we you know, we stood behind from day one. I feel like we had a we played a good part in uh, helping get Dan, you know, elected in North Carolina at, at being lieutenant governor. And, and, you know, there's not a more deserving guy that that ran. So shout out to Dan Forrest, man. He's already doing big things out there and uh, high expectations. There are some high expectations for Dan but I believe he's just a man that can fill those shoes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just – I think we're, we'll be witnessing greatness here in North Carolina in terms of, you know, being the lieutenant governor. So shout-out to Dan Forrest, lieutenant governor of North Carolina. And, uh, you know, we're also working with, you know, people all over the state, man. And, and, and Friday, you know, I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina, with uh, Mayor Pro Tem Patrick McHenry and a good friend of mine, Earl um, – Earl Phillips, excuse me, and uh, my brother Kevin Daniels, we've all got together and, uh, you know, we formed um, a, just a small series of tours, which is something that I was going to do with our KRP radio show and my nonprofit, the Love and Father Society, but also taking my small business, um, you know, Miller Marketing and Media Group, you know, bringing all those resources together, bringing all those things together and, and collaborating with various people to try to give something to people who are already inspired, but to all, you know, to try to inspire people who are already inspired and use our network collectively to do some good throughout North Carolina. And and I think that we can do that. I think that we have the resources to do it. I think that we have the minds to do it. I know that we have the attitude and the swagger and, and the skill to do it. So we just got to put it to work. So, um, you know, if you catch me when you can, man, you guys look for updates. We're all over Facebook. We're always putting something on Facebook. We have like, you know, 
I don't know, 30 or 40 different websites where we have a KRP radio show on it. So if there's social media out there, KRP radio show is definitely involved in it. So look for us, look for the updates, look for the flyers. You know, we're all over the place. And I also want to, want to take one second to give a shout-out to um, Penny Divide. Uh, that's a nonprofit out there that's just starting up that uh, that's doing penny drives. You know, that, that nonprofit is getting together with people like uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, like the Love and Father Society. I love being a black father. You know, they're getting together with uh, the, the Children's, Children's Home of North Carolina, and uh, they're just doing penny drives. They're showing these folks how to have an, an effective drive and how to raise some funds you know, for their use. And uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. So definitely shout out to Penny Drive, you know, and uh, they should be up and running here real soon if they're not already. Kind of lost contact with them, but I just wanted to give them a shout out real quick. But um, going back to what I was saying earlier, I, I think that a as Americans and, and with all the things that we're going through right now, I believe that we should be more inspired and, and there should be more people out there that are empowering us in a, in a more positive light, you know, there's so much division going on, and you know, we have the gun the gun laws and the debates on gun laws, and we have the debates on the budget, and you know, it's Democrats on this side, it's Republicans on that side, and a lot of the times, the general public get lost in the language, they get lost in the advertising, they get lost in the news, they get lost in perpetuation, and they never really get the truth. You know, you can go to your favorite blog. You could go to your favorite radio show site. You could go to KRP Radio Show's uh, uh, Facebook page. But even myself, and uh, uh, additional to all these other places, you know, we don't give the kind of information out that you guys should be searching for. You know, you guys should be on the the state sites. You should be on the federal sites. You should be, and I don't mean WhiteHouse.gov. I don't, I don't mean that. You guys should be on the the legislative sites and finding out. You know, what bill passed or what bill was proposed or what's really law, what's not law. You know, this is where you guys should be at. This is the this is where the focus should be. And this is what people should do more often um, to understand what's going on in this country. And, you know, frankly, we don't we don't do that a lot. You know, we don't do that all the time. I, I think that we I think we spend a lot of time going on. Uh, you know, those those social media sites and those blogs. And then we try to get an opinion from that blog and a lot of times those blogs are leaning left or leaning right and you know we make our assumption from what we read from them so i think we should spend more time on the legislative sites on the state sites on the federal sites and like i said not whitehouse.gov but you know on, on the congressional sites and, and finding out you know what these what are in these bills and reading them for ourselves you know that's how we got to get more more often and to prepare us, you know, to prepare us and our children and our neighbors and coworkers and whoever else that we talk to, whoever else that we interact with, you know, those are the type of things that we need to do to continue on and and have a clearer understanding of what's going on out there. But um, you know, that that's just that's just my little two cents of it, man. I, I don't know really really have all the answers to it. And uh, I, I try my best to give an opinion about everything that's going on out here to, to try to give my listeners something uh, to gravitate to. But, you know, even this show is, is not where you should be looking for to, to get your clear understanding of politics. There's just not enough time on the air to give you guys a clear understanding. Now, we tackle issues like most other people do. You know, we tackle issues and we talk about them and we debate them. And I think it's something to said, something good and something to be said about, you know, having various people comment on, you know, 
politics or policies or things that are going on. But, you know, at the end of the day, I really think and I really hope it's in my heart because this is what I do. You know, I take in all the language and, and, you know, all the comments that people have to have to offer. But at the end of the day, you should be reading these bills for yourself and apply them to your family, apply them to your life, apply them to your values, apply them to your belief system, and then go from there. So that's my little two cents worth, man. We got to go to one quick commercial, and when we come back, we should be on the air with our offer with our um, offer of the evening. Excuse me, Jesus. I guess I've been off the air for too long, man. You guys got me stuttering, and I'm reaching for my water over here, and I'm a mouse trying all this good stuff right here. But anyway, when we come back, we should be back with our, our special guest tonight, Ron Winfield, author, novelist. This guy's awesome, you guys. South to Bixby Bridge. And we'll talk about the trilogy when we come back right after these messages. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show, 619-638-8559 is the number. We'll be right back after one commercial break, folks. Listen to this right here. You are going to love it. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! 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 All eyes right here. This is our year. I thought it was last year. Turns out I was wrong. None of us would walk in here and settle. That's how we are. I forgot what I was going to say. Patrick, I want 100% commitment. Who's our chair, man, okay? Who are we? What the heck is going on in here? Sorry, Coach. I just got a little carried away. All right. For a chance to be in the locker room on game day and more, join Visa NFL fan office and make your season epic. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. 
number one Southeastern radio show online, Southeastern United States. Eight million plus listeners out there. We do a B.I.G., man. So shout out to all you guys out there who rocks with us on the regular basis. I feel a little bit better now, man. I'm getting back into the swing of things. You know, I, I can throw my radio voice on. Yeah, I'm just kidding. You guys know I don't do no radio voice on this show. Uh, about eight minutes, we're going to bring on the guests of the evening and... I know you guys are waiting for Ryan to come on and tell you all about his book, but Ryan ain't telling you nothing. You better buy that book. How about that? How you like them apples? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't get mad. I know some people out there are like, oh, man, you're supposed to have him on. And look, man, we're going to chop it up. But, you know, we're capitalists in this thing, man. We're, we we are responsible capitalists. Conscious. As 50, as 50 Cent says, conscious capitalist. That's who we are. So I'm going to bring my man Ryan Winfield on here and you know, we're going to kick it. We'll talk a little bit about the book and we'll talk a little bit about the novel. Excuse me. Let me be proper. We're going to talk a little bit about the novel and then we'll talk a little bit about the trilogy. But we got to leave some room for you guys to buy the book, man. That that's the whole point. But before we do that, we're going to go to a call out of the 917 the chaplains in the house, baby. Chaplain Viviana, New York City. New York. I wish I had that song. How you doing? <laughs> Very good. Praise the Lord and a happy new year and a blessed one for everyone listening and for yourself. It's so good to have you um, getting back into the swing of things. You never lost the groove. Praise the Lord. Thank okay? you. Thank you. Thank I just you. want to encourage you on that one. You had mentioned a little earlier about, you know, people with divisions and um, and all the atmosphere in the in the nation, mm-hmm. and I know that you had possibly mentioned him earlier, um, but Martin Luther King Jr. Tomorrow is his his um, commemoration yes, of, of uh, just uh, just the fact that um, he had a quote, and I heard it recently. We did a march here on Fort Hamilton Army Base, and. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of, of information from the people that were asked to speak. And he said, if you call me a drum major, let it be said that if I was a you know a cadence caller, uh, please forgive me that I'm kind of like a little loose with the translation, but we can look it up. Absolutely. But let it be said that I helped somebody. Let it be said that I visited someone in prison. Let it be said that I, that I made a difference in someone's life. And uh, I I just uh, encourage everyone to look that up and to carry on his legacy, brother. Wow, that's 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 amazing. I mean, because you know we were just. It, it's funny you say that because I was just talking to someone about legacy uh, just on Thursday. I want to say maybe, maybe Friday, but Thursday, I believe. And um, you know, we were talking about how we wanted to be viewed after we're gone, and what mm-hmm. type of work we would have to do to get there. And and it ended up, you know, it was, it was just a random conversation we were having about Martin Luther King, and then we started talking about legacy and, and what happens when we leave here. And, you know, there's a lot of people I found out that there's a lot of people who want to leave a legacy, you know, for after they're gone, but frankly mm-hmm. don't do anything about it. And and, mm. and I think I think um, the Rep. Luther King was someone who who did a lot about leaving something for the world to see after he was gone. And, and you know, even his work during while he was living, I think his work speaks volumes since he's, he's passed on and we realize what we lost. 
You know, it seems like when you're living, people don't realize what you have, what you offer to society. But you know, when you're gone, people pay more attention uh, a lot of the times. Yeah, I agree totally with that. As a matter of fact, I uh, challenge uh, each and every listener. God has placed you here for a purpose and to make a difference. And I believe that the reason that uh, Martin Luther King was able to fulfill that dream uh, or rather fulfill his mission in life is because God gave him the strength, the courage, and the grace to do what he needed to do, even to the pain of death. Mm. And I believe that the Lord is calling us this year to not think so much self-centric, but to think of others with a balance, of course, and asking God, what am I waking up today? How can I serve you, Lord? I, I think um, I think we should be doing that. We should have been That's doing right. it last year, but I, I think we should mm-hmm. be doing that probably on a daily basis. You know, I, I want to say I think we should be doing that on a daily basis, but you, you know the That's problem right. that I have with, with folks, it's like, well, maybe not a problem with folks, but it's just something that I observe, and and it's something that I speak on when I do motivational speaking and in, in, in or inspirational speaking in places, is that we have a lot to do in the natural. Like you know, we we know mm-hmm. when we wake up in the morning, pe- people are always going, you know, I'm waiting on God to tell me to do this, or I'm waiting on God to show me this. So I'm I'm saying that you know God has handled a lot of the things for you already. In the mm-hmm. natural, you can get up and brush mm-hmm. your teeth. And take a shower. Like I don't, I don't. God ain't telling you to do that. Like you, you know to do that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and we should be asking for exactly what you just said. We should be asking for guidance. Um, we definitely should be showing each other love. And I just don't know how we lose that. I mean, those things are very simple. Loving the next person is very simple. You know, living beside the next person and acknowledging them and speaking to them, which is something I always challenge people on this show to do. You know, I always challenge people to be diverse. Say hello, Mm -hmm. throw your hand up, speak to people because you never know who you're going to interact with and you never know what kind of blessing you could be just by saying hello to that person. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I definitely think we should be doing that on a regular basis in additional to the things that we know needs to be done in the natural, Chaplain. Uh, I I thank you so much. The last thing I'm going to uh, put out, and I thank you for the great opportunity. I feel very honored to be able to speak uh, and share my heart, is that although legislation is intended to help us and govern what is happening in our lives, it's going to have to be God changing people's hearts to switch their heart attitudes so that things will go in the right direction, okay? Mm. The laws, yes, they need to be there, but actually it's us reaching to God saying, God, forgive me if I have something to do with this chaos in this country. Forgive (laughs) me for forgetting you. Forgive me for not loving my, my brother and my sister. Forgive me for not treating my family right. And then asking him for the grace to turn it around and then we will revolutionize. It, it won't be perfect because God said nothing's going to be perfect till I get back. Jesus says when I come back, then it's going to be a new heaven, new earth. But guess what? He said occupy until I come. Amen. Chaplain, you, you, you got on the roll there for a minute. Now, I, I was about to say, you know, we got... You, you, 
I don't want to keep your speaker. I want to hear the speaker, but I, I really, you know, the thing is, the thing is that we can't get bogged down. It's not going to be a president. It's not going to be a law. It's not going to be, um, you know, anything that we do in the natural. It's going to take supernatural grace that is going to push us to the next revival. And that's what we need in America, a revival of the heart, a change of the mind that only God can bring us. You think about Hebrews 12.1, renew your mind daily. And and being in the word is very important in this season, my brother. And I just encourage everyone, it's not hard, five minutes, and it'll grow to 10, then to 15. But God can't guide us unless we seek his word. Well, I'm seeking, and I'm believing, and I'm All fighting, right. and, I hope you're, and, and I hope you're praying. So make sure you say a prayer for me, man. Keep me keep me prayed up. Keep me on your thought, in your thoughts and in your prayers. And yes. I'll, I'll do oh, we pray for day. each other, my brother, because yes, it's, it's going to take that prayer to get us through and, and really for us to live the destiny God wants for us to live. Well, we're on a mission, and we're going we're gonna to follow this. <laughs> God bless you too, Chaplain. Uh, as always, right. thank you so much for calling, and, and I hope you continue to call and continue to come through. And I'll see you soon. I hope. Yes, in March. In uh, March. Uh, uh, Frederick Douglass Foundation. Uh, invite everybody on that is listening. We got to do a revolution, and we got to get great minds together in God's strength to do something for this this nation. Okay. All right. All Take right. Care. God bless you. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Chaplain Viviana, man, holding it down, NYC, New York City. She's out there swinging bats and throwing rocks at people. No, I'm just kidding, man. This lady is, is one of the most beautifulest people that I've ever met in my life. Very, very, very extremely lovable. Show you all the love in the world, man. So how can how can a person like that throw rocks at somebody unless, you know, I'm with her and then we throw rocks together? Anyway, Shout out to all the listeners out there, man. I know you guys are like, will you hurry up and put Ryan on? You know, people leave comments like that, and and I see that. So I'm not going to make you guys wait. I'm not going to go to the 9 o'clock commercial. We're going to bring my man on right now. We'll catch the commercial back later. Welcome to the show, folks. None other than Ryan Winfield. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing wonderful. And and I'm I'm so happy that you could be on the show opening up 2013 with us, my brother. Glad to have you on the show, and I appreciate you taking the time to rock with us tonight. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I only hope I can live up to that introduction. Hey, yeah, man, you you've already lived it. Come on, man, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that, man. I see your work out here, my brother. I don't I don't want to have to read off all these accomplishments accomplishments out here, but uh, I will do it. <laughs> We're looking now, at. Uh, hey, hey. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, where are you located? I'm I'm in North Carolina. I'm in uh, Greensboro, oh, okay. well Burlington, North Carolina, actually, but right outside of uh, Greensboro or Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Well, greetings and, from uh, cold and wet Seattle, then. Whew, man, we've had your type of weather here the last few days, my brother. It it did snow yeah. on the end of the rain that we got, and uh, actually in school, my point guard was from Seattle. And uh, he was telling me how much it rained out there every day. <laughs> he said it felt like it rained every day, but, you know. Yeah, it doesn't rain quite as much as we let on. I think a little bit of that's a trick to keep too many people from moving here, you know. Is that what it is? How... <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I hear it's a pretty nice place, though. It's a beautiful place, too, I might add. So 
you know, maybe that's what it is. You guys are trying to keep it all for yourselves. I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think this is what's going on out here. So, Ryan, listen, man, let, let's get down into it, my man. Uh, novelist, poet, screenwriter. I mean, <laughs> your bag, you have your bag is full of tricks, man. What's going on with you these days? <laughs> well, I consider myself a, 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 a not much of a poet, but certainly a novelist is is what I aspire to be. But uh, my formal training is in screenwriting, and that's how I began. Uh-huh. And the first novel that I published, South of Bixby Bridge, which I think you've read. Yeah. I actually began as a screenplay that I had finished, an original screenplay that I had finished and wasn't able to sell or do anything with. It was right around that time that, uh, that we had the big financial crisis hit and Hollywood wasn't doing anything anyway, uh, even if they'd liked it. So uh, I started writing that as a novel, and that's how I got my start as a novelist, and I've been doing pretty much nothing but that ever since. Wow. What you know? What what inspired you, though? I, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit, man, because I have – Here's here's what it is. I, I tried to be an actor, like I, you know, I I tried, man. I tried out for a few things. I was okay at it, but you know, every character that I that I played uh, sound the same. <laughs> I didn't have the ability to, uh, you know, to to change up my character. So you know, it is what it is. I I failed at it real bad, and and um, I have a lot of people that listen to the show that are from that walk of life. You know, that are, that are in the entertainment industry, that are that are in the, the film world. Um, some directors, some short, you know, there's some, you know, there's some pretty profound people that listen to the show that are in the same industry as you as well. But uh, I was just wondering if you can help help us out and kind of give us a backtrack on, you know, how you got into uh, writing in the first place. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I think that it's a bit of a calling, and I know everybody says that, and I don't mm. you know how to articulate what that looks like. But I know one thing about writers, and that's that they write. Mm-hmm. You can tell the writer because they write. I mean, words are free, and there's nothing to prevent you from from practicing or from doing it other than you know dedication and time. So, I don't know that I really had much of a choice. Uh, <laughs> I've always been uh, a reader. I've always been fascinated by the written word and by language and by storytelling. Uh, a lot of my early writing was in the form of journaling or personal expression, and uh-huh. I, was, I wasn't really uh, writing long form fiction at all. But but it kind of evolved, you know, and it uh, it does take a lot of work and a lot of commitment. And there, there's, you know, there's the art part of it that you hope if you get good enough at your craft that what you do elevates to a level of art. But there's the craft element of it, which is a lot of drudgery and a lot of practice and a lot of work and a lot of finishing things that nobody will ever read and yeah. using them to prop up your desk or, you know, and to, to write on, so... Well, right on. I don't know if that, I don't know if, I don't know if that leaves anybody listening with any hope, but uh, well, but that's I, my experience. I think it helps though because you know I, a lot of times we get into things. You know, you know how life life deals you cards, and and you know sometimes you kind of go with the flow to pay bills, or you know you just let go of a dream. But you know, I think a lot of times in life we have dreams that aren't really ours. You know what I mean? We have dreams that were our parents or you know, a television show or maybe the dreams of our heroes that we've seen. And, you know, we kind of want to be like. And I, and I think that probably helped a lot of other people out there, too, because, you know, we force things <laughs> that aren't ours. And, you know, when when you know it's a calling, when you know it's something that you're good at and it's something that you take time and you build a craft. And like you said, you know, words are free. There's nothing keeping you from building that craft and making yourself better and improving. So, 
you know, if you're not willing to do that, I, I, I really, I highly suspect that there's probably a different calling for you other than writing or being a writer. So right. I definitely think there's, there's some help there. Um, so a novel though, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people write, <laughs> a lot of people write and, and they do paperbacks and, but you wrote a novel that that's a bit different, you know, and <laughs> What led you down to the journey of of writing this novel here, south of Bigsby Bridge? Yeah. Hey, Pachi, before we go on, can you hear me okay? You're a little bit broken up on my end. Am I coming through clear? Yeah, it it was breaking up just a little, but it it sounds fine now. They're probably fixing something. You know, the thing that that I would say about writing a novel is it's definitely an undertaking. And, and I I mean, I have projects that I have started and not finished, novels that are waiting – uh, you know, in a drawer for me to find the story or the character, or, or to get passionate enough about them to complete. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a it's a long process to engage on, and and you really have to. You better love the story. You better love the characters, because it's not something that's going to happen overnight. You're going to need to be with it for a long time, and and to to summon up that kind of energy for anything. It's a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I have a friend who's in in the business of making films and. He's always talking about, you know, when you set out on a project, you better really love it because, you know, you're five, six, seven years in production before you finally see this come to anything. And it's wow. pretty easy to get sick of something when you spend that much time with it. And a novel's a bit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of work. So, Did uh, you, ever you know, get... I, I just, what's that? Uh, no, go ahead. What were you saying? You just what? Uh, yeah, I just dove in and, and started writing. You know, I was meeting with a writing group several days a week and, and we were, you know, feedbacking back and forth and sharing. I don't do that so much anymore, but, um, you know, I just became a daily habit and I just, I was writing and, um, you know, it started, the novel started to appear and the story started to appear and then it got bigger than I did. And there's something magic that happens when you're a fiction writer at some point in the process, at least you hope it happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's where the characters begin to take on a life of their own. And it's not as if you've created them anymore. It's as if you've begotten them, you know. It's as if they're, they're <laughs> made of you, but they're not you anymore. And, and they start to do things that surprise you. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to explain when that happens. But when it does, it's magic. So that's why well, I write. It, it definitely did some magic. <laughs> uh, South of Bixby Bridge, number one bestseller for, what was it, 18 weeks? <laughs> yeah, least. I was on the charts for a long time, yeah. Wow, I, that's a, that's a hell of an accomplishment, man. And I, you know, it's 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 an amazing book. You know, I, I didn't quite finish reading your book yet, but it's an amazing book. And I I got the paperback, man. I'm I'm an El Cheapo, I guess. And um, you know, it, it's it's one of those books when you start reading, you just you don't want to stop because you, you're looking for a place to stop. That so you know that you can jump right back into and get the same kind of emotion back in. At least that's how I took it. So you know I, yeah. I like to read things like I'm walking through it. You know like I'm actually sitting there in the middle of it or I'm walking down the street watching it from afar or something like that. So you know that, that's yeah. how I read this book and uh, this novel. Is well, it was, a, it was a very personal story for me to write, and you know for people who aren't familiar with the subject matter or the storyline, it, it, it follows a young character. It opens with him getting out of drug rehab in Fresno, California. He's about to turn thirty. His life's a mess. He thinks he's hit rock bottom, but he has a lot farther down to go before he, you know, sees the light. And you kind of follow him on this wild journey through the excess and drunken craziness of Napa Valley in San Francisco (laughs) while he tries to find a way out of the fog. And so for me, it was a very personal story to write because I got sober 
and needed to get sober uh, at about the same age, 29. That's when I started, a little later is when I started really seriously writing. And so I was still wrestling with a lot of the questions that the character is wrestling with in the book, trying to understand uh, the nature of my disease or my addiction, to trying to understand the nature of my recovery and what it was, uh, you know, I, I was going to live for. And so I, I started with just this image of a character in rehab, looking out the window on the day he's going to be released, having completed his treatment, having no mind-bending substances in his body whatsoever, but not being sure, you know, if he's if he's an alcoholic or not, or if he's if he even needs recovery. And so I, I set him on that journey, and it was a, it was an interesting process for me because it was so personal. In that writing it, there were a lot of times where I had to check myself. You know, was it the character that got loaded last night, or was it me? Wow. And I think I think there were points in writing the story where my sobriety was on a little bit of shaky ground, but by the time I finished the story, I had a much better grip on my own sobriety, on my own second chance in life, on my own purpose than I had mm -hmm. before I began writing. And I think all good fiction starts that way. You know, if an author sets out to preach something, it comes across in the story, and I don't like to read those kind of books. Most people don't. But when yeah. the author's wrestling with some pretty big issues, then the characters try and search for those answers, and it becomes interesting. Wow. Uh, folks, on the air with uh, Ryan Winfield, author of South of Bigsby Bridge and Trilogy, uh, The Park Service. Ryan, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head, of course, I mean, it's your book, but I, uh, I, I read this book and I, and, I, and I see my father in, in yeah. the book. And um, I think that's why it was so personal for me. And, and it kind of, um, wow it kind of gave me an understanding that I didn't have a different perspective. Like, you know how in looking at my dad and that, you know, my dad's a drug addict and um, still is today. And I don't have a problem telling anyone that, but, you know, looking at him and looking at his life and, and seeing it from the outside, I always thought I knew. And I always felt like I knew. And why aren't you doing this? And why are you doing that? But I got to say, man, reading your book kind of put me, almost behind his eyes, definitely behind the character, you know, definitely behind Trevor's eyes to make me kind of understand where he was coming from. And, and it kind of gave me a different perspective of what my dad actually went through, man. And I, and I, and that alone is amazing. So, and, and I think that's why a lot of people who read your novel, who read this book, South of Bixby Bridge, I think that's why they can relate to it so much because if it's not relate in, in relation to them, them, you know, they know someone who's going through this yeah. or, or, you know, you kind of want to root for the guy. You're like, come on, Trevor, get it right. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's really great that you connected with it in that way. And, you know, that's been, I didn't set out to do that to, to open anybody's eyes onto the nature of addiction or, or alcoholism, but, but that kind of happened accidentally. And a lot of people have reached out to me who either are in recovery themselves or who need to be, or who used to be, Mm -hmm. uh, or who have a, a family member that is in recovery or, a, you know, child who committed suicide. And, and those uh, connections have been really the booby prize in writing the book and, and part of, I think, what has been most enriching out of all of it. But um, so that, you know, the, the, the fact that that happens, that people connect with him, that, that to me, that means a lot. I, I know there's a few people who don't connect with the character at all. I mean, he does some things that are hard to forgive. <laughs> because an active addict or an active alcoholic isn't a pretty person to be around, and I I couldn't sugarcoat it and be honest with the art. So there's some people who don't have any empathy for that 
and uh, and I understand that too. Sure. Well, I, you know, I think that's one of the most amazing things is that <laughs> we uh, we don't have the ability to forgive as much as we think we do. And right. and that that to me that's a sad thing. I mean, I, I understand it, but it, it's a sad thing, and and that's something that I'm fighting, right? I mean, that that's something that I have to deal with personally. You know, I have to learn how to forgive about that time or that event. So I don't know, man. I just I really enjoy reading your book, and and that's why the novel, excuse me, and that's why I wanted to have you on the air, you know, to talk about it some more and to kind of shine some light into this, man. And and I hope more people will pick this up. And, uh, you know, they'll contact you and tell you how great you are for writing a novel. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you. Definitely. Hey, I, I also want to, just moving along a little bit, Um, I sure. just want to ask you about what what kind of process, you know, I, I guess I'm backtracking a little bit, pardon me, but what kind of process do you actually go through when you set out to write a novel? Because, you know, I have a lot of people asking me different questions, and, and I don't know if you were listening earlier, but... You know, on this show and this year, my focus is economic empowerment. And, you know, I do a lot of things within the community. And they go, you know, well, I want to be a writer. I want to be an author. I think I should write a book on my life. Or, you know, what kind of process do you actually go through when you set out to write a novel or or a biography of of sorts? Well, I've never written any nonfiction, uh, mm-hmm. memoir, or biography, or anything like that, and partly because, you know, I don't think my life is interesting enough. Uh, <laughs> I put a lot of I, I put a lot of personal experience into Bixby, and it yeah. began a lot more close to my own experience before mm-hmm. the character kind of took a, took on a path of his own. But uh, you know, I think that you just have to start writing. There's a magic that happens when you're writing. There's a genius in the act of doing it. And uh, so the, I spend as little time plotting and, you know, mapping and diagramming and all of these kind of things that a lot of people trying to construct a bestseller do. And I spend a lot more time writing. And, and a lot of the writing I do, poetry and some of those things that I'll post on Facebook or share with people, that I do those more as uh, exercises to get yeah. into a character's head or into a character's emotion or to get an image, you know, that, that inspires me to write a scene that might become part of a novel. So it's this uh, kind of Frankenstein process that I've patched together where I have enough tools and enough things to do that I always am busy, and then hopefully I'm able to be guiding that toward some finished product. And, and usually as I near that, it picks up speed. You know, the thing starts to get a little bit more streamlined, and I, I'm a little bit more aware of the story and where it's going, and then I can just really sit down and write. Mm-hmm. So it depends. You know, South of Bixby Bridge, I started with the finished screenplay, that I had written, so I had that as an outline, and then the novel became very different. The Park Service, which is the first book in my trilogy, uh, came to me really quickly in kind of a a flash of an image, really. And I saw most of the story, and I, I scheduled a writing retreat to Hawaii, and I went and lived on Oahu for a little over a month and, and did nothing but write, and I wrote the whole first draft in a month. Wow. So it's different for every book. It's different for every story. Man, that's, but my, that's... my best advice is somebody who wants to do it or get started, my best advice is to write, you know, get the words on paper and don't throw anything right away, you know, and, and then as that pile starts to build up, you might start to see a pattern in it or see something, and then it, it might take on some structure. I like that. That's good. I, I guess it's safe to say you, you find your process, but the main thing to do is write, huh? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Right, hey, um, writers are writers are interesting people. They spend a lot of time talking about selling books and marketing, and a lot of time talking about writing, and a lot not that much time writing. <laughs> so <laughs> the more writing, the better, I think. <laughs> Man, Ryan Winfield, folks, south of Bigsby Bridge, the Parker Trilogy. We're gonna we're gonna take a commercial, Ryan. That we I missed the nine o'clock sure. commercial. Then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about um, your trilogy and uh, we're gonna things about Ryan. To if we can uh, let some people know exactly who you are, you got a lot of fans out there, and I'm, I'm sure they want to know who you are. So we'll talk about that. And uh, you're listening to the KRP Radio Show, man. I'm on air with my man Ryan Winfield, author. Bestseller, you name it, he does it. And poet, we gotta talk about some poetry. I know you got a favorite poem sure. here, so we'll ask him about that here. We'll be right back. You're rocking with the KIRP Radio Show, number one conservative, black conservative show, southeastern United States. You guys know I define that, man. Sometimes you need definition. We'll be right back after these messages. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Again, that's eight hundred four four two. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You don't call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D. Rose. 
beginning. talking to Ryan for now for about I guess 30 minutes or so and uh he's been telling us about his uh, novel South of Bigsby Bridge which I did read and I loved and I hope you guys will take the time to try to search this book out because you this novel out because you definitely are missing it if you have not and uh I don't know if you guys hey Ryan is uh what's the preferred way to uh get this novel if someone wants to buy it Oh, it should be able to find it anywhere. Amazon usually has the best prices and delivery on uh, either the paperbacks or on ebook, but they can get it at Barnes and Noble or on their Nooks or iBook uh, uh, for iTunes, wherever people read. All right, sounds good. So I guess it's pretty pretty certain that you are getting all your dues when you. <laughs> I know I've had a few authors on here, and I and I and I start to tell them the guys to go on Amazon or you know some of the other places, and they go no. No, not that one. But. So uh, yeah, make sure you guys yeah. check him out. You know, Amazon. He's also on Facebook, man. You want to look him up. Hey, Ronnie, you want to let the people know where they can find you on Facebook, if you will? Yeah. I think just by my name, Ryan Winfield, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Ryan Winfield uh, is my Facebook page. And they can also find that from my website, which is simply ryanwinfield.com as a link to it. And I, I definitely have that website up here now, checking it out. And, uh, Right at the top of the screen, it has the Park Service, book one of the Park <laughs> yeah. Service trilogy. My man, I read the I read the short <laughs> of the Park Service. Now, we're talking apocalypse. We're talking yeah, a thousand years in the post-apocalypse. Hey, I love, the, I love those books. Though. I, I love them. I, I read them, man. I'm, I'm all for it. So you got to tell me where this came from. <laughs> sure. Where did you get this well, you know that story came to me in a uh, in a moment of daydreaming, really, in a National Geographic live lecture that I was at here in Seattle. And I won't bore you with all the details, but they they do these great lecture series here where these National Geographic explorers and residents come and talk. And one of them was a guy named Wade Davis. He came many years ago, and he was taught. He's a an anthropologist, and he was talking about these people, and they they called the Kogi that live high in the Sierra Nevada mountains in northern Colombia where they had escaped to avoid uh, I think probably the Spanish uh, who were who were coming and raiding at that time mm-hmm. but they, they had this interesting tradition of picking their priest when he was either in the womb or just a newborn 
Wow. And they would whisk they would whisk this young priest away from his mother, and the priests would raise him in absolute seclusion uh, inside of a tent, inside of a tent, inside of a hut kind of a thing. And this, this child grew up for 18 years without even having a ray of sunlight on his skin. He never saw anything of the outside world or anyone other than the priest. And they spent this time educating him about what about the world and about his role, what his role in it would be. And then on the on the morning of his 18th birthday, as I recall it anyway, they blindfolded him, and they would bring him out to this cliffside. And just as the sun rose over those mountains, they would take the blindfold off, and he would see the world for the first time. Mm. Everything he learned about abstractly, right there in front of him, and in, in all in living color. And that image kind of haunted me. You know what that would be like to yeah. to to see everything really for the first time. And wow. uh, and so I had that working in the back of my mind, and then I had this young character, a 15-year-old boy that I was writing about, trying to find a story for him. You know, I had a character, and I had some of his mannerisms and some of his, you know, what, what he was struggling with, but I didn't have a story for him. And then they, they kind of smashed together in, in a bit of a daydream, and, and the story came to me, and I scheduled a retreat to Hawaii, and I went and wrote it. So it came very fast. Man. Well, I, I like it. I mean, I, I like it. I, I can't wait to get into it. Um, I, I need to order it, and I'm going to put it on, try to get it on a, a PDF form or, or some my phone or something where I can just pick it up and let it go and pick it up and let it go. But I can't wait to jump into it, man, and it, and it sounds very interesting. But um, how, how do you see this? You know, it, it, to me, when, when I read books, most books that I, that I sit down and read, I'm looking at it in the sense of, it could probably happen. <laughs> like a, a lot of the things that I read, I'm always thinking that, hey, you know what? This this could probably happen if that. You know, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Call me conspiracy yeah. theorist or whatever. You know, so you know, in in relation to the Park Service, how do you see this taking place? Well, so the the the, the way that that the, the plot elements came to be is. You know, this. I see this. I, I see the world in a very hopeful way today, and mm-hmm. it's easy to get bogged down in the negative news and all the horrific things that are happening. But I think the reality is, if you have a wider perspective of history, you know, we're living in a very peaceful time and a very rare time where, where, especially in our country, people get to participate in, in guiding their own lives and their own political system. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about things. But at the same time, there's this. Uh, you know, forgotten threat of all of these nuclear missiles that are pointed at us and that we have pointed at other people and this kind of constant fear in the world about who's in power and what government and who's controlling those weapons. And and then, and then uh, you know, this, this debate, ongoing debate that we're having between how to live on the planet in a sustainable, intelligent, forward-thinking way, but also how to honor the people that live on the planet who have a desire to have a certain quality of life. And there's an element of the environmental activists that I have spent some time around who are, I don't want to say anti-human, but their concern for humanity seems very low and their view of humanity seems very uh, unfortunately negative. Mm -hmm. And uh, they seem to want to preserve and protect the planet solely for themselves and their descendants and with kind of a screw everybody else mentality. One guy in particular that I used to know who, uh, you know, he used to compare humans to bacteria or viruses or whatever. Wow. So I had that, yeah, so I had that view. And then and then I have this, you know, I have a much more noble view of humanity most of the time, depends on the day and what's in the news. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But so I had this this image of what if the planet were destroyed? What if mankind did destroy itself and most of the planet with it? I think the planet would survive. I think the planet would recover, especially without man carving up its surface. And so mm-hmm. here we have these people who are the lone survivors of a post-apocalyptic nuclear holocaust. They think they're the lone survivors anyway. They're deep <laughs> down five miles beneath New Mexican bedrock in a government research facility. Mostly they're scientists, they're peaceful people, but they survived this. And so for generations, they lived down there in a self-sustained underground community, believing and being told that the planet above is uninhabitable, that you know it's miles deep of radioactive ice and a thin bat, all these negative things, and it, it's uninhabitable. And wow. this young boy grows up down there in this world Believing that, dreaming about the good old days when the world was habitable, when people did walk on the surface, and and then uh, through a series of curious accidents, he stumbles onto the surface and discovers that everything has been a lie, that the world is not only habitable, it's a paradise, mm. an absolute Eden, but there's something strange afoot in the sense that there's a, a mysterious park service that hunts and kills humans and prevents them from repopulating the planet. <laughs> and uh, so he now is alone and on the run, and he sets out to to uncover, well, to survive, one, but also to uncover who's behind this mysterious park service and, and what his connection to it might be and why everything that they've been taught is a lie. So that's kind of the plot, and that's where, how it came came about. Man, that's awesome! Like I'm, I'm sitting here giddy like a little kid. I, I love it. I can't wait to get in that. It, it sounds like a script, though. That you, have you, have you ever considered a script for this? Well, you know, I've, I've been so busy writing novels and 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 have fallen in love with that that I, I have, and I don't think I'd have the time to turn it into a script, at least not on my own. We have been contacted pretty shortly after publishing the first in the trilogy mm-hmm. uh, by a couple of people in Hollywood who are interested in the film rights, but. We're in no rush to do anything like that because I have book two coming out in April. I'm just wrapping it up now, and then we have book three coming out very close behind that, and then the trilogy oh. will be complete. And I, I would love, you know, to me, I, the stories come to me in the form of images. That's how I write, mm-hmm. and so I would love to see it turned into a film. Uh, I'd be happy to see someone else do that. Yeah, that it it, it sounds awesome. I, I can see that in a film. You know, some well. The, the crazy part is, though, most of the best books, I mean, are they always screw them up. You know what I mean? The, the best books that are out, it's like when they bring them to film, and, and I know it's because of time and budget, you know, majority of the times, but, you know, the best books that are out, when they try to bring them to, you know, the, the big screen, they always seem to, to get it wrong somehow. But So, I don't know, maybe we'll just enjoy the book and, and let it be, you know, only time will tell, I guess. It's tough to say. You know, if you're a reader, it's, it's really hard for even Hollywood to compete with someone's imagination. Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, I, it's a little bit like meeting your favorite radio host, probably. Mm-hmm. Whew. Man, I don't even know what I mean. It was nothing like I thought. I thought Pudgy was 12 feet tall. And I was choked, man. I. <laughs> I've met who I thought my, were my favorite radio hosts and my favorite actors, and man, it's like, and and musicians, and and it's like, man, I, I woof, they almost made me hate the art, <laughs> you know. People are people that that's a different world, man. I, I spent some time in the entertainment industry for about ten years, and it is a very very different world that will just 
man, a lot of positive people coming, you know, coming in positive and, you know, by the time you leave out of that that industry, you're you're eating alive, you know. You're you're just a shell of whom you used to be. So um yeah, I, I can relate to that. That was that was a perfect example. I shouldn't have drunk water when you said that, man. <laughs> Dang, that's rough. So, Ryan, let's let's change the tune for a second. Family life. What's your sure. family like? I'm engaged, uh, no kids. Uh, hey. we, live in a, we live in a loft condominium in downtown Seattle. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, I think, a, what is a perfect life. We travel uh, when we can. And uh, we spend lots of time, I spend lots of time here riding, and she works in town too. And we go on lots of long walks on the pier. And it's a great home base here, but we, we, we need to get out of town for some sun breaks if you live here. So we travel quite a bit. We just got back from Europe. Uh, in November, so pretty quiet, you know, pretty quiet and eventful home life. Nice. It sounds like a, a romance novel is on the way, man. You, you're talking about the long walks in Europe, and that, that's, that's yeah. nice, though. You know, I have one of those in constru- uh, under construction too, but. I knew it. See, I knew it, man. You, you, I, I knew it. You, you met the princess of your life, the queen of your life, and and it just hit you because you say you write in you know form of imagery. So there, there it is, man. You met her, and she. Yeah. Came, it's a that's a new book. There it is, right there. That's right. Yeah. I'm not ready to finish it though because I'm still doing research. <laughs> on that i just think the research that you've done so far must be positive and and that's a beautiful thing so but congratulations to you man you know engagement that's a, that's a beautiful thing and that's a that's definitely a new chapter in your life so you know you, you can't wait to keep writing that book you know you can't wait to start on it and, and continue writing on it and that's one of the books that you hope will never end you know sure what's it like um I don't know if I don't know if you want to you know really really go into details, but what's it like um, when you know you you're an accomplished writer? I mean, I'm I'm not saying that you know you're you're the greatest writer of all times or anything, but from what I, where I sit, Ryan, and and from what I read, you know you're a heck of a writer, man. I mean, you got something special going on, and I, and I think a lot of people agree with that. But what's it like in in Ryan's eyes? Like, how do you absorb that? Does it change you at all, or or is it just an appreciation that comes along with it? You know, I think that uh, I I think that if I when I began to make a living writing, sure. that was a really special feeling because finally I was able to you know I felt validated that that I could that what I love to do mm-hmm. and could see myself doing for the rest of my life was also a way that I could support myself. Sure. And uh, so that that was a big moment. But as far as about being an accomplished writer, I, I hope that I never feel that way. If I do, I think I will have lost maybe the magic that makes mm-hmm. someone strive to become an accomplished writer. To me, it's really about the process and about the writing. And, um, you know, I, I, I like to, when I finish a book, I publish two now. I have some things I haven't published because I don't think they're ready. Yeah. When I finish a book and publish it, I hope that 10 years from now I can look back on it and be proud of it and that there's not a lot I would change. Uh, but, you know, I just it's it's the process and, and the, you know, the time I get to spend with the characters. And it's a very personal process. I, I hope that people find my books and read them and love them. And I love nothing more than hearing back from people what their experience was with the books or with the character. But it, when I interact with people like that, it doesn't feel so much like, 
they're talking to me as the author of the book, it's almost like we're talking together about this journey that we both experienced or about yeah. a character that we both love. Because at, when the book's done, it's almost as if it got across me and I participated in its creation, but I'm not, I didn't write it. Mm. Once in a while, I, I don't respond. Uh, once in a while, the only time that I, I draw a blank when, when somebody wants to provide a criticism is when they suggest that some, the book could have, something could have happened differently than it did. Uh-huh. And it almost stops me cold because I think, well, but it, it couldn't have happened any differently than it did because that's how it happened. I just reported it. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, the, the idea that something else could have happened doesn't doesn't make any sense. That that that's a that's a that's a that's a man. I don't even know the the, the words to put it in. Um, that, that's a special moment though when you get that that first uh, negative comment, if you will. You know that first. I didn't like it. I don't. Have you experienced that? Where where someone just you know just comment that and, and they didn't even have to offer that, but they offered to you that they didn't like your work. Yeah, I mean, I you you can't help but run across that. I, I I really write for. There's a few people in my life who are very close to me that I hope love what I write mm-hmm. and respond to it in, in a positive way, and then the rest of it, you know, it's just the market providing feedback or people providing feedback and. I don't begrudge anybody their opinion, and, and uh, it, it doesn't have much of an impact on me because it doesn't tell me anything about the book. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think South of Bixby Bridge is 90,000 words or so. Mm-hmm. And those 90,000 words are the exact same 90,000 words for everybody who reads the book and in the same order. You know, they don't change. Yeah. And so somebody's review or critique or, or their experience with a story tells me a lot about them. It doesn't really tell me anything about the book. So... You know that interests me as a writer and as a as somebody who's interested in human nature, but I, I don't. It doesn't find its way into my writing at all. Man, that's an amazing. That was that's a quotable right there, folks. If you guys are listening, and you know, I always, I'm always writing quotes from for myself and from myself, and um, I guess because I'm just not good at remembering anyone else's, but. When when people criticize you or your work, or, or especially when they criticize your writing in your words, you know it says a lot about them, not you. That, that that's a beautiful thing. I definitely will keep that in mind with the articles that I write. And um, wow, I like that. That's very enlightening. Um, I know we've we've had you on here for some time now, and I'm about to wrap this up. But before we go, I just got a few questions for you. You know, you can give short answers. Kind of kind of um will help some of your readers that may be listening to us now uh, get a little closer to you, if you will. So, sure. Right? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I didn't know if you heard me. Um, so, no. we'll start with we'll start with this. What's your favorite poem? Oh, Anything by Robert Frost. <laughs> yeah. He's my favorite poet, and I love most anything he's he's written. Okay. Uh, your favorite book that you didn't write? Oh, that's so difficult. <laughs> I think uh, a little-known little book called Suchery by Cormac McCarthy. Okay, Suchery. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you had to vote for president and and there's no uh you have to choose one. Would it be Charlie Brown or SpongeBob? 
I'm going to go with Charlie Brown only because I don't know anything about SpongeBob except that he wears square pants, and I don't trust anybody who wears square pants. See, I threw you off with that one. I knew I would. I knew I would. I'll forget people. Listen. Winnie um, the Pooh. Win- oh, whoa. That's a throwback right there. That is a throwback. I forgot we're in the same age bracket. Okay. Winnie the Pooh. I remember that. Um, If you had one shirt in the closet to wear, what shirt would that be? And do you have it on now? Yes, and it's a black V-neck T-shirt. And Bridget, my fiance, accuses me of being Smurfette because <laughs> I have I have about thirty of the exact same black V-neck T-shirt in my closet, and uh, and the same pants. I call it my writer's uniform. But once you find something that works, why change it? You know, I'm busy doing other things. So, yeah. <laughs> so now you're gonna get a bunch of black V-neck T-shirts for Christmas. Watch. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> favorite movie. really tough only one now only one i don't know if i could pick one movies are such played such an important role in my in my development and and even really in my writing i just love film i don't know if i could pick one i just don't okay look okay check it i'm gonna i'm gonna alter the questions here let's go let's go favorite movie as a child first probably as a child my favorite movie was old yeller Okay. As a teen. As a teen, my favorite movie, probably Never Ending Story. And top... Maybe I was a young teen. Let's say top two or three as an adult. How is that? Top two or three as an adult. I think uh, oh, The Mission with Robert De Niro. It's an incredible film. Yeah. Um. I just watched The Veil last night again with Edward Norton, which is a, a re, you know based on a book, and I think the film's better than the book, especially the ending, and that's an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to choose. It's so hard to choose. All the classics, of course. Gotcha. Um, what's your favorite song? Anything by Leonard Cohen, and I think the best song, the greatest song ever written is Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. And last but not least, I'm sorry, go ahead, which was was what? Uh, No, I was just going to say that that was, uh, Hallelujah was more, I think it was recently used in the soundtrack to Shrek, but it was more famously (laughs) covered by a younger, a younger musician, but anything by Leonard Cohen. Okay, Leonard Cohen. Got to take a note here. Okay, and last but not least, uh, in three in in one word, I want you to describe these five people uh, according to how you feel or the impact they made in your life, or or just what you think about them in in one word. Okay. Um, one word. You ready? Yeah. One word. Martin Luther King. Hope. Okay. Uh, next one is, oh, I can't believe they wrote that. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Um, Kraft. Okay, that's fair. Jack Nicholson, though, guys? Okay. <laughs> next one is JFK. Camelot. Mm. Next one. one leading moment there was Camelot. You got, you got two more to go. Uh, Barack Obama. 
Gratitude. And the very last one is, oh, I got two, but I'm going to pick one. Uh, Harriet Tubman. What's her name again? Uh, Harriet Tubman. And remind me who she was? Uh, Freed the Slaves, uh, Underground Railroad. Oh, gosh. Well, a whole lot of things, but, you know, shame comes to mind, not for her, but for what what she had to fight against. Wow. But uh, perseverance, I would say. I like that perseverance is, is perfect. And shout out to yeah. the kids at the Durham Art Center too who they they we got these questions from them some time ago. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they were actually for another guest. So shout out to those kids man for for compiling. Well, that first this. one was that first one was an important one especially tomorrow as we all remember. Absolutely and 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 that, you know man there's just not enough time in the world to appreciate the people who have given us you know, the life that we have today, you know, the, the, the understanding of, you know, actually loving each other. The, those people, those individuals, and I guess they did have this in common for, for the better part of them. Um, they define what it means to love the next person, I believe. So, you know, I think that's what Martin stood for and, and the rights of humanity, you know, not just. And, uh, you know, I just think it's amazing, man. So, you know, my hopes and prayers goes out to the star. Wait, Pudgy, since you have a, a spiritual bend to your program there, you mind if I read a quick poem I wrote the other day? By all means. Yeah, absolutely, it, please. It, I don't know if it's so much of a poem as it was a character study, but I think you'll be able to tell who I was writing about. Okay. It's titled He He Is. He is a folded flag in the trembling hands of a graveside widow. He is the hope in her child's eye. He is a dirty glass full of clean water. He is an afternoon storm rolling in from across the sea. He is the blade of intelligence we hide in the gilded sheath of shame. He is the discovery scene of every mystery novel ever written. He is the answer without a question. He is yesterday and tomorrow and always with you, but never nearer than now. He is the spark that starts your heart. He is wind dancing across a field of wheat, whispering your name in the rustle of a willow tree. He is a great lion shaking sadness from his mane. He is a quick look of guilty pleasure on a young boy with adventure in his hair. He's the smile of a Cheshire cat and the laugh of Father Christmas. He is a light coming to greet you in the night across a frozen pond. He is a sip of water delivered in the beak of a robin when you're weary with thirst. He is a blank scroll waiting for your story. He is naked truth reflected in a moonlit pool. He is the sweaty brow of a field worker trudging home on the edge of a hard day. He is the infant corpse cradled in the arms of his grieving father. He is the taste of Tupelo honey and the smell of fresh-cut grass. He is drunken delight without the hangover. He is a knowing grandmother's quiet sigh. He is a bottomless well of forgiveness, a hand out of despair. He is the ghost of a new year made in the hot January breath of boys and girls everywhere. He is hidden, but only so that all might find him. Wow. That was awesome. Can we get around with that? Ryan, that that was awesome. When did you write that? Well, I wrote that a, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. I I was uh, 
dredge something up that I've been working on in the past and mm-hmm. and put a little polish to it. And that's what came out. So it was a wow, a character study. But that was that was that was great. I loved it. And uh, is, how often you know can we look forward to uh, poems like that from you? Well, I think you know. I, once in a while, I'll post them on Facebook. I don't publish them professionally, but I'll post them on Facebook sometimes as I write. But uh, and then uh, the next novel, the Park Service, comes out in April, and uh, book three comes out shortly after that. So I'm excited about that this year. Man, that, that's exactly where I was going with it too. I heard you say April and uh, you said November. Yeah, we're hoping for maybe even September for book three. We'll see, but um, between September and November, so. Now, that sounds good, man. If you could, uh, you know, we'll be glad to have you back to, you know, briefly, if you will. We can talk about each each release and, uh, you know, or get together and talk about the complete trilogy. And then this will give me some time to read the first one. But, um, you know, let the folks know where they can find you and uh, where they can find the updates and uh, any information you have out there that you would like people to know. Yeah, I think, you know, the best thing is for people probably to look me up on Facebook. I, I interact with I, – I respond to every – uh, email that I get from fans or friends on there. So Facebook's fine, and they, or they can find me on my website at ryanwinfield.com. Well, there it is, man. Ryan Winfield, author, excuse me, of the Parker Service and South of Bixby Bridge, the novel. Ryan, we really appreciate you coming through and spending this time with us, man. This is great. I appreciate you setting off the 2013 with us, and uh, looks like we had a lot of people on the show, as far as I can tell. A lot of the, the, the grid is lit up, so I think maybe a bunch of your, your followers have came on and yeah. listened to the show, so that's great. Well, next next time I won't talk so much. We'll get to some callers, but I appreciate you giving me so much floor time, Budgie. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, and uh, best wishes to you. God bless you, and uh, can't wait for your wedding, man. <laughs> hey, thanks, Budgie. Happy New Year. <laughs> All right, Happy okay. New Year to you, too. Take care. Uh, okay, bye-bye. So that's another round of applause for uh, author Ryan uh, here on the KRP Radio Show. Holding, uh, and uh, you, you got to appreciate what people like Ryan bring to, you know, the arts and, and what they bring to us, man. Uh, these are great minds. These are people that take the time to entertain us in, in rare form because it, it seems like today we're we're just movie-driven. We're song-driven. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people aren't really taking the time to read books the way that we once did, uh, nor listen to radio for the fact of that matter. So I definitely appreciate what you guys uh, do when you listen to this show and uh, I definitely appreciate Ryan for what he offers to society in general uh, that poem was Johnny on the spot man I definitely appreciate that and shout out to Ryan and all his people man for coming through the KRP radio show and rocking with us shout out to you guys for rocking with us on the KRP radio show um, every every week man we're coming back with the same thing we'll see you guys next Sunday I'm going to take just a second to leave you guys with um, something from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So for all you guys out there that are celebrating tomorrow or, you know, that are observing tomorrow, and even if you aren't, you know, I would ask that you would just take one moment of silence and, and, you know, just thank God for the fact that we've had someone to leave a legacy. So for me and all mine, to you and yours, shout out to you guys. One love. We'll catch you guys next Sunday, same time, same place, 8 p.m. Don't leave yet. I just want you guys to listen to this from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King entitled, How Bad Do You Want It? It was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money, and so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to... 
or I'm sorry, this this inspirational speech. I'm, I'm sorry, the inspirational speech that was in, inspired by uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Sorry about that, folks. It was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money, and so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach. Like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area. The shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he's crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. Was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This child is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man getting scratching, holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know how many of y'all got asthma in here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath. SOB, shortness of breath, you wheeze it. The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball games. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. 
you, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you love sleep more than you love success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. You've got to be willing to work off for three hours of sleep, two hours. If you really want to be successful, some days you're going to have to stay up three days in a row. Because if you go to sleep, you might miss the opportunity to be successful. That's how bad you got to want it. you got to go days without, listen to me, you got to want to be successful so bad that you forget to eat. Beyonce said once she was on the set doing her thing, three days had gone by, she forgot she didn't eat. So she was engaged. i never forget when 50 Cent was doing his movie, I did a little research on 50, and 50 said that when he wasn't doing the movie, he was doing the soundtrack. And they said, when do you sleep, 50? Sleep. He said, sleep. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I don't sleep. But I got an opportunity to make a dream become a reality. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain. You already hurt. Get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you today, you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money, but listen to me, you will never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. You won't be successful until you say, I don't need that money. Because I got it in here. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Pony gon' recognize, still, still, I reckon I will Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I got to shine Now throw your hands 